Welcome back to Glow Says. Today is the second half of this week's show about Thomas Haas's entrepreneurial journey. It's mostly about his response and advice to questions he's often asked, like, how did you find your passion? How did you succeed? Although I didn't keep all the audio pieces, I can tell you that his battle hymn seems to be, are you crazy? As that seemed to come up several times as he was telling me his story. But all joking aside, the energy and commitment he has for his craft as a pastry chef and chocolatier is dynamite. Okay, yeah. Thomas, I just have to, I hope you don't mind me saying this, but a few times during your story, you've said, are you crazy? And that seems to be your, maybe your tune that calls you. Like maybe if you hear that again, are you crazy? That means it's a good thing. That's, you should go in that direction. It sounds like. It, yeah. So, <laughs> so whenever, and that's still true. Whenever somebody doubts you, then I'm like, mm. I mean, I use my gut a lot, like my gut feeling, sorry. I use yes. my gut feeling a lot of Got like, it. Mm, that feels right. I never shut off my brain, but my decisions are always coming from the gut feeling. And that's like uh-huh. the 70% is like, mm, that feels right. Yeah. Uh-huh. And that makes a kind of sense. You love a challenge. And I like the challenge. Yeah. And uh-huh. uh, even when we came back from New York and, and and we decided to do this, one one person who was established in his pastry business who heard uh-huh. about it, sent me a note and said, like, we didn't make it. You won't make it. Uh, uh, nobody, nobody's interested in high patisserie in, in, in this part of the world yet wait, wait, whatsoever. Somebody actually sent you a note that said that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> really? Yeah. yeah. Oh. And, and, okay. And, so for you, that's just a challenge. Like you're like, and oh, I'm I- like, oh, that, that <laughs> just, that fuels me like nothing. Okay. Better. That was perfect. And, and wow. so, so. Thank you, mean person. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I was humble when we opened, I put a little bell in there. And mm. it was actually electric, so a button like a like a door ringer, and okay. uh, and there was like four people in the kitchen, the two my two girls, and uh, and then we hired I uh, brought two other people over I used to work at the Metropolitan with, and myself. And I'm like, if somebody shows up, they can ring the bell. I come out, I make their coffee, I I wrap their uh, pastry or their box of chocolates, and they can go. That lasted about four days or five days, and uh, yeah. a steady stream of customer came in. And like seriously. And so it's just like a fire alarm at that point. It's just like a buzzer. That, that, <laughs> the whole that, time. That's right. And and so, yeah. So it ended up that, I don't know, probably a year in, we, wow. we went through 800 customers a day. And uh, on busy Saturdays, oh, we would go through 1,000 customers a day. Make time for family. I need one day off. That's why we came back. It's my dedicated family day. Very quickly early on, the Mondays were so busy that I felt kind of anxious on Sunday of, oh, I probably should go in or whatsoever. And mm-hmm. then I'm like, you know what? No, let's let's just do Sunday, Monday, and we focus on the five days we are open uh, mm-hmm. and do the best we can and, um, and, and work hard, even though our store is only open from 8 to 5.30. You're still so, working though. So, sure. yeah, yeah, exactly. So yeah. I still would come in at four and not leave right. until eight sometimes. Support from family in love and in business. Uh, yeah. I didn't need to be with my wife because she worked with me. So that was awesome. <laughs> and um, so I, Lisa came straight in the office. She was the biggest support right from the beginning. Like right, when we right. met and, and and you know, you're young and you have yeah. no clue where you're going. And she's like, you know, I just support what you set yourself out to do. And, uh, and I'm like, okay, let's talk in a year from now if you still want to do that. And yeah, 20 years later, we still work together. She does the office. I do everything else. 
Amazing. Um, and we yeah. see each other every day. And uh, we made sure the kids were always taken care of by her or myself or Lisa's parents who came out to visit us a lot. So our goals while we left New York have been pretty much checkmarked. And so I felt internally, I felt very calm and fulfilled and mm -hmm. driven because I did not see myself failing in those things which were important. Mm -hmm. No, I'm so impressed by that because, you know, not many young people have that kind of sound of mind to put family first. Like people say it and they give it lip service, but to do it is not so easy. It, it, it's all relative too. I mean, I mm. still work often 60, 70, sometimes 80. This mm -hmm. Christmas I worked 100 hour we uh, weeks and I'm not making this up and I'm not proud of it mm -hmm. but they were also energetic driven weeks with high energy and uh and and they weren't planned they just happened to be that we were caught in such a and yes. demand which we just didn't we just didn't expect and and you have built up over history you've built up such a commitment to your loyal customers that you don't want to fail no. I would be like mm, I'm not going to go home tonight and then yeah. I was lucky that both of my kids, they are homeschooling uh, university from, oh. from online. Can you guys just come down and help? And and two of them planned to go skiing with a, with a friend where I think it was still allowed then. Mm -hmm. And I explained it to them and it took them a second to like, yeah, we get it. So okay. they came to work and they were there 17 hours, go home for three hours, come back for 17 hours, go home wow. for three hours. And then Amazing. get a good sleep after the third day. So there's been a lot of check marks along the way, which which I loved. Yeah. Just do it really well and don't be afraid of failure. You know, there's a lot of repetition once you settle your business. I think the biggest for yeah. the for the people who listen in, and if there's younger people who listen in, and and um, I always said, like, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid of failure, and don't be afraid of, for example, not knowing what you're going to end up with or what you want to do. It will come if you spend enough time thinking about it. One day your light will go on and you will find something you will enjoy. And then if you find something you will enjoy, work really hard on it, that you become really good at it because that will actually create the interest or this kind of really pressurized word of passion. What about passion? So often... I would do lectures or teach at World Championship and the young chefs would sit in and say like, oh, I, I don't know if I can ever be as passionate as you are. Mm. And, and I'm like, don't worry about it. Just make sure you do something really well mm. and, uh, and that interest will come and that commitment will come and it will turn into some sort of a passion and you will get rewarded for it. Just believe in it and don't give up. And put your time and put your efforts in. And I think that has worked with me. You become a kind of obsessed. It's a little bit of a drug of like people say, like, oh, I really like what you do. Oh, can you show me this? Can you teach me this? And uh, and you work harder and harder to be able to deliver. And you go home fulfilled and, and happy and you don't count the hours. And that wasn't because it was working for myself. I had that same attitude working for somebody else as long as there were there was a strong purpose and a pride I saw in my daily doings. It gave me a lot of fulfillment. And I think you have to start with those two, two things. How to sustain it all? Uh, how can you sustain that? And what were your fears? And um, did you have that vision? No, I didn't know with 30 where I'm going to end up with 35. But what mm -hmm. I know every single day when I get up, I want to mm -hmm. do my best and I want to challenge myself to do better. That's all mm -hmm. I knew. And that in itself is the biggest insurance or assurance where you mm -hmm. can say that must propel me somehow forward 
in a good mm-hmm. way. So that must give me some protection for my future. And, yeah. um, and, um, and, and that's what, yeah, that's, that's pretty much what has guided me over the years. Okay. Yeah. No, that's amazing. I mean, you have an incredible work ethic. And as you've mentioned, you know, you have had great support from Lisa, right? Um, yeah. Other extended family, your children and great employees. Some advice to his kids. I even teach them or try to advise them if they want to listen mm-hmm. uh, that, you know, see what, again, this is your time to explore, to find something you enjoy, but you have to strip off your layers. Don't be, don't be one of them. First of all, you as a parent, me as a parent, don't be mm-hmm. that, uh, that, that parent who says like, oh, why you not become a doctor? You know, mm-hmm. your grades have been good, become a doctor. You know, that has been the old fashioned way. And I'm like, well, strip down the layers and see. Mm-hmm. I do believe that uh, in a lot of kids, depending mm-hmm. on their family um, um, disposition of, of how they grew up, but there is a big DNA trickle down. Then the future will tell, you know, um, I, I constantly encourage them of like, no, just question yourself. What makes you get up in the morning? And uh, what do you feel like? And if you don't know, then just try out different things, but give it your best. Once you give it your best and you don't ask for instant rewards of like, mm-hmm. oh, I worked so hard this week. No, did you work so hard the last two years and you yeah. don't have any rewards? Something yeah. is wrong. If you do get rewards and you do get satisfaction and fulfillment and purpose, then mm-hmm. you're probably up to something. Know yourself. My biggest uh, advice is always learn first and most about yourself. Spend mm-hmm. time and question you, is that me? For years, I tried to change my habit of going in the morning and swim for an hour because it's good for my back and it's uh, it would be a good start in the day. But... I have to say, I just don't like swimming. So, so I'm a good swimmer, but I don't like swimming. So okay. I have to. So what I what my message here is is basically, you know, learn about yourself. Mm-hmm. Learn that uh, this is who you are. Accept for what you are, and then also accept for the reality that said, like, "Well, that's who I am," but that's not what I want to be. I really want to work on this and get better. And then mm-hmm. also. Look deep inside you and say, like, yeah, that's who I am and I don't want to change it. And I accept it. And I accept the consequences what come with it. They don't need to be drastic or negative. They will just be consequences. You know, you're an introvert. You're not going to run a business or a job where you have to be an extrovert. You don't like stress. You're not going to go into an environment where it's very stressful. You don't thrive on it. I thrive on stress and high pace and pressure. Right. Some people, right. they drown on it. It's like, don't choose that. You will not right. be happy. Did you have a business plan? People would say, like, so what was your business plan? Mm. <laughs> to work really hard. That is a, that's a strong there was, plan. There's a lot in my head going on. There's nothing on paper. And I'm like, what do you mean? I'm like, no, I mean, I, I just say like, okay, I have skills and I'm going to put those skills to work. And I, yep. do, I do think that I've been given an experience as a child growing up in my parents' business, hard work, dedication, being social and, and getting work done. There's a little bit... I would be working when I went after my apprenticeship. I had to go to the army for two years and uh, I was eventually stationed at home, which was very lucky. So I would help my dad uh, in the early morning hours and he was running a two-man show. And um, and my parents are still the hardest working people I've ever, ever, ever met. Like literally the hardest working because they had nobody to replace them. Advice from his dad. Uh, being frugal and staying humble was another thing. My father always like, don't spend more money than you have. It's not worth it. 
don't do it. And I'm like, no, I don't need it. It's okay. And don't waste anything. Be smart mm-hmm. about don't waste anything. So I got that with me for sure. Use common sense. There's a lot of common sense I have yep. been, I, I probably have been gifted with, but oh my God, there's a lot of things I, I wish I would had been given to, which mm-hmm. I had to learn the hard way, but they never helped me back, you know? So, so any, any kind of setback was like, hmm, okay, I got to work on this and, uh, and march forward. And, yeah. um, and, and I never gave it another option. Okay. No business plan, but what about the risks? For example, risk-taking. Mm. Was my risk-taking big? Mm, probably not so much because I know I'd rather work double as hard to mitigate my risks in order to not get some sort of anxiety of like, oh my God, if this doesn't work out, I lose everything. But there has to be a little bit of an... on. If you want to be an entrepreneur, which people say like, oh, you're an entrepreneur. I'm like, no, I'm a pastry chef trying to run a business, <laughs> but has proven to run it very well just because I use, I think the gift of common sense. Okay. I just want to end with the, because I, I want to be mindful of your time. So I want to end with a couple of just fun questions. What is your favorite thing to eat at your cafe or at your shop? <laughs> oh, that is a tough one. So that changes with the season. Um, I, I can pride myself. I have to admit I've been terrible. <laughs> like COVID has thrown every, all my discipline out of the window uh, from being more vegetarian to eating bacon every night okay. uh, to um, to having uh, one and a half croissants of different variations every morning and a dessert in the afternoon. Um, okay. So, But I just turned the corner of getting more balance in with fruit and yogurt in the morning and I have my dessert in the afternoon and it goes with the season. So right now I can affirm you that <laughs> since since it's on the menu until it gets off the menu every single day i have a mont blanc which is our uh, yeah our uh, candy chestnut uh, black currant little rum bavarian soft almond cake uh, dessert and uh, it came to terms that it's only good when you share it so i shared it with one of my front girls yasumi san who yeah. loves mont blanc and every single day we share mont blanc together and wow. uh, uh, so that's going to get off the menu on February 1st. And we come okay. up with something new. I have a hazelnut Danish. If I have a uh, breakfast pastry every morning, then it would be the hazelnut Danish. Uh, okay. that's, that, that's consistent. Everything else goes by the season and by the mood and uh, by my burn of calorie count. <laughs> okay. So hazelnut Danish is like your favorite. Well, because I was going to also ask you, what's the most popular item in the store that you just can't make enough of? And I'm going to hazard a guess. Okay. I think it's your double, double baked, baked almond, almond croissant. Oh, yes. Okay. Yeah. It's labor intense and um, and, and we do run out. Less so now because we've figured out like really dialing it in of making sure that this does not happen. But having this said, when I get those questions, beside that one, you know, I would think it's incredibly balanced. And that reflects again of my, I don't want to be known for doing one good thing, but doing a lot of things very well. And so if we would look, and I'm not a numbers guy, but um, uh, Adi in our office, uh, she would sometimes, she would put a screenshot up from our product varieties and say like, holy smokes, it's it's pretty balanced. You know, it's like, I would challenge and say like, okay, I want to take two cakes off the menu and replace them with two new creations. Okay. Get me, get me the weakest sellers. And she's like, hmm. <laughs> there aren't any. <laughs> it's 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 very balanced, which makes me happy, uh, because 
because we are here to 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 make food not pleasing our ego but pleasing uh, uh, the wide cross section of our society who just enjoys something of very good quality, and right. uh, and we were never there to to shock and impress with, oh, I just did wasabi and mustard seed with uh, wow. tarragon. I'm like, mm, no, that sounds really interesting, but it's actually quite awful. So right. so so it's less surprising, uh, more predictable, and yeah. um, and consistent. Yes. Okay. Well, you've done that very, very well. Everything at your place is fantastic uh, from what you drink to what you eat to, you know, what you can buy for a gift. So it's, it's so great. And I'm so glad you're here. I didn't get a chance to ask you when you opened your second shop, just glad you opened the one in Vancouver because it's close to me. So that's all that matters really. Yeah. So that happened in, in, in 2010. And the reason was because we go back to our initial conversation, Daniel Bouloud, decided he got an offer from um, uh, some very wealthy people uh, okay. to bring New York to Vancouver and uh, and open uh, take over uh, uh, Fini's uh, Lumiere and and, oh. and so he went in there and he That's asked and he okay. asked me and he asked me by email or phone calls and said like what do you think he was there for two years. Oh, it was so much fun. We shared a hallway. We got Alsatian oh. onion tarts over. We brought them chocolate cakes in return. Oh, and after God. after long days of work, I would take the team over there for steak and frites and, and a oh. beer. And I'm like, ah, and it lasted only two years. Oh, no. but Okay, yeah. but that's what you said about him being your neighbor. But that sounds great. What a wonderful time you must have had. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was amazing, yeah. I think I came across... Being right. embraced as a local, and that's why we get so much support because my heart is Canadian. It beats for Vancouver, and that's where I want to be. That's where I live, and that's where I'm going to die. And and uh, and I think it it just radiates something different. We claim you. You're from Vancouver, yeah. <laughs> and thank you for all that you do, and thank you for your time. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much, Gloria. Okay, I will talk to you again soon. Talk to you soon. And that concludes this week's spotlight on the supremely talented Thomas Haas. Me and my appetite are very happy that he lives here. Did any of you live in Vancouver when Daniel Balud was here too? Perhaps you were lucky enough to eat steak frites at Bistro Modern and then take home some perfectly double-baked almond croissants for breakfast the next day. Thomas is a perfect example of one who lives by always rising to the challenge. But to be as successful as he is in life and in business, his talent is plentiful, but good character counts too. And a supportive family, and a great team, and the gift of common sense. Find me at Glow Says on Apple or Spotify, and leave me a review. I'll talk to you soon. <laughs>